You're listening to Do What You Want Radio, a podcast series for creative entrepreneurs, freelancers, and those ready to learn how to do what they want. I'm your host, Jordan Heffler. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Do What You Want Radio. I am sitting here with a very cool cat. Um, that was lame. Uh, Dylan <laughs> Hoffpower. He is a dancer in the Baton Rouge community and hopefully beyond, actually, because he is trying to make a pro dance team. So, yeah. hey, Dylan. Hey, hey, everybody. Hey, listeners. Um, like Jordan said, I'm Dylan. I dance in the Baton Rouge community. Um, I've been dancing for a while now, and I'm trying to kind of break out into the scene of pro dance. So pro dance means the performers that dance for NBA teams or NFL teams. So these are professional dancers, professional cheerleaders, um, and it is mostly women until this year. Um, there are three men in the NFL. We have one of the Saints um, Yeah, right? we have one of the Saints Saints, yeah. So, um, you know, do a ton in the community and trying to make it as a pro dancer now. Well, I don't even remember how I met you. It was something related to something in college, but yeah. I've just been following your kind of, your kind of progress, not progress because you were always good, but you know what I mean? Like <laughs> your, your trajectory has just like exploded and like your videos of you dancing and like tumbling and doing all this crazy stuff on the internet just blows my mind. Thank you. I feel like you're probably famous at like the LSU UREC by now. <laughs> well, yeah. So I was a cheerleader at LSU in college and I think that's kind of what jump started. Um, my love for dance and performance because then I got involved and minored in dance at LSU and started doing stuff around around town in Baton Rouge and you know once you have those skills of tumbling and like partner stunning and gymnastics when you stop doing them your body will um, you know capsize mu- yeah muscle memory <laughs> your muscles remember them yeah <laughs> but then your body doesn't want to do them anymore if you don't have to so I try to keep up with them so yeah at the UREC one day actually <laughs> someone someone filmed me on their snapchat story like some random guy and his friend I think runs the old row LSU Instagram account and Saw put that. me on there and then old row official picked it up and I just basically I think a lot of people commented my Instagram handle on it, and so they officially they tagged me. I was going to say, if so they didn't like, tag you, then what did it even happen? Yeah, like? <laughs> right? So they tagged me, and that was great. So that that actually was funny. But yes, people at the UREC asked me to do back tucks, and I'm like, ugh. <laughs> well, not I'm going to link that stuff in my show notes, but just to give you a little mental picture, he does like like a standing back tuck and like five push ups and like standing back tuck five, like cartwheel, like yeah, back, whatever. And like it'll go on for like five minutes. And, yeah, it's like good conditioning. Um, It looks like hell, but. It is, yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, you do you, it, yeah. Right. Once you work up to that point, like I am now at a point where I'm doing like a hundred in a workout. That's insane. Times. When I work out, it's like let me do like a ten pound kettlebell swing <laughs> six times, thirty seconds, take a break. Hey, everybody at their own pace, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I used to be a cheerleader. I used to do like yeah. back handsprings and stuff. But that, those days are long gone. It's just I'm Grandma Jordan now. It's not possible. But I yeah, so it. your casual workout is just like you know a couple standing back tucks, like no big deal. Yep. Are you going to be, like, in your 80s just doing back tests? Is that, like, the plan? Yeah. I hope to do them as long as I can. Yeah. It's, like, a a part of my daily. Well, you're, like, obviously very, like, fit and, like, toned, so it's going to probably just be that way forever. I hope. I hope. I hope. I hope. So tell me a little bit about, like, how you got to where you are. Like, what are you doing currently professionally? What are your, your things that you're doing as, like, part of the dance community in Baton Rouge? Yeah. So, I guess... 
I guess I'll start at the very beginning. Start at the time. I want to know about, like, the day you were born. Yeah. So the day I was born, (laughs) I always wanted to be in dance classes. I always wanted to do gymnastics, but it just kind of was never an option when I was young. I'm from a very small town. And dance and gymnastics and stuff like that, that's not what boys did. Mm -hmm. Um, My parents are great, obviously. They always encouraged me. Um, They put me in sports. They let me do plays. But I was never put in dance. I was never put in really in gymnastics. So whenever I got to high school, um, one of, we had like eight guys in our cheer team. I, you know, they were like senior football players. I was a freshman and they like jokingly tried out for the cheer team, but then actually loved it because it's awesome. Like who doesn't want to stack people on top of them? Mm-hmm. Right. So. And you have to be strong. Yeah. And like built. <laughs> yeah. And it, I think it like made them gain weight and get really strong. So they were obsessed with that. So. One of the girls on the team my freshman year of high school got hurt, so I took her place because I had taught myself how to tumble in my backyard. Um, So self-taught, which was interesting. But I did that for a few months, and then I never did cheerleading again in high school. So I basically, we actually competed and won a national championship on my birthday. Yeah, so then I was like, oh my God, I want to do this again. But I was already so involved in band and other things and soccer and track. Wait, what did you do in band? Um, I was a drum major. I always wanted to be trumpet major. Uh, I played trumpet. I marched oh, my cheer I'd uniform. I played trumpet too. Yeah. <gasps> yes, because I would cheer for like the game and then go like run and do half time in my cheer uniform and do trumpet it. and then come back and then cheer. <laughs> we love a versatile queen. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so I did that, and then when I got to LSU, I was like, no, I'm in college. I can make any decision I want now. I'm going to take the dance classes at LSU. This is what I want to do. You can do what you want. Yeah, do what you want. So that was very much like my vibe. It was like, this is my time to like pick and choose everything that I want to do. So I took a dance uh, um, intermediate slash advanced jazz class at LSU, and it was so incredibly hard. I had like tears in my eyes on the first day of class because I was like, this is what I've always wanted to do, and it's so hard. And the teacher came up to me and she was like, are you thinking about dropping the class? Because I was visibly upset. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, yeah, I just don't know. I thought I was going to be better at this, and she was like, you've got everything it takes. I can tell that you have, like, the natural raw talent to be a dancer. You just got to push through the first few classes, and then you'll get used to how I teach and how to move your body. Just please don't drop the class. So I stayed in the class, and she was right. By the end of the semester, I was just, like, turns, tricks, incorporating my tumbling experience, um... I was becoming way more fluid with my movement. I was able to be cleaned and It's hard when you're a cheerleader trying yeah. to do fluid movements. I had oh my that gosh. issue. <laughs> I get that I still get that critique to this day of like Too sharp. stop dancing like a cheerleader. Um which can be a good thing at times, but um so that kind of brought me into college and so then I said, you know what, I'm gonna minor in dance. So I started taking all the dance classes and learning about the history of dance and um you know that really is what sparked my interest to continue it. So then my next goal was like, okay, after college, what am I going to do? So after college, I auditioned and auditioned and auditioned to be a dancer in Disney. And so I think if there are any other dancers out there who are listening who are just getting started or you haven't broken into the professional world yet, it's a long, hard road (laughs) of a lot of no's. And that's what Disney was. Disney is very much based on your height range, obviously because you are first and foremost you know, friends with some of the characters. Mm-hmm. If you catch my drift, I don't want to yeah, ruin the magic no, for anybody. Friends but with them. Yeah, you're friends with them. So that that's all based on your height range. Even the dancers are friends with characters, and it's based on your height range. And I fall in that very middle 
range that they don't cast for often. And so I like spent literally, you know, I did the Disney college program, then I stayed after I graduated and did, I went on so many auditions and made it through so many auditions and I got filmed by the casting directors and they would talk to me after every audition and they kept saying, come back, come back, come back. But I just didn't, I wasn't in their market of what they were looking for. So then in my head, I'm like, you know, if you want to do this professionally, you have to, you have to go where you're needed. And so then I kind of switched. I ended up getting a full-time job at LSU. Uh, so I'm currently the recruiter for the Manship School of Mass Communication, which I really love. That was like my degree at LSU. Um, and so back in Baton Rouge, when I got back here, I just started like auditioning for everything in the Baton Rouge community. So one of my friends, Tony Collins, he was um, at the time when I moved back choreographing Hairspray with LSU Musical Theater Club. And someone got hurt, and is that is that a trend in my career? I, like take people's places when they get injured. <laughs> Always the here Travis to help. Scott, yeah, um, like the world. <laughs> Always here to help. So um, he asked me to take that guy's place in Hairspray, and that kind of like jump started everything I've been doing in the Baton Rouge community. So really, just performing with the musical theater club, choreographing for them. Then I started auditioning for shows at Theater Baton Rouge. Um, and so I've done the Rocky Horror Show a few times. I've done Beauty and the Beast. Um, I've done Cabaret. Um, and I'm most excited to say that I'm choreographing Newsies, which is this this coming summer at Theater Baton Rouge, which is going to be awesome. Tickets are on sale now. Yes, I'll link those in the show notes, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, for the listeners, it's all about doing what you want. I wanted to be a dancer, and I didn't get that opportunity until I came to college. And I kind of just made it happen. Um, then I ran into that big roadblock of, like, guys are not supposed to be dancers. So there's a few different types of dance in the world. There's pro dance, which I mentioned earlier, which is, like, NBA teams, NFL teams. There's professional dance, which is, like, um, American Ballet Theater or a contemporary dance company or something like that. Dance is becoming more mainstream, these days, but, you know, in a lot of areas of dance, it's way more common for women, which I always found funny because if you think about it, you know, when you go to a wedding, what do you do to celebrate the newlyweds? You dance and you celebrate. In so many religions and cultures around the world, dance is used as a way to celebrate and to maybe praise a higher being. Um... Dance is used as a way to communicate in a lot of cultures. And it's one of and the so, oldest forms of celebration and communication. Oh my that gosh. That and music. That and music one are two of the oldest forms of celebration and communication. And so it's almost like saying photography is only for women. Mm-hmm. Or it's like saying cooking is only for women. You know, it's just a, something that I like to do. And so I guess in a way, like by me wanting to be on a pro dance team, I'm also working to normalize it Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's a lot of other young guys out there that are in middle school and high school that really want to be on their dance team or tier team, but they can't because the school might not even allow it, which is crazy, but that's the reality. Or they might not even have anyone to really look up to, to see that it is possible and that could be you. Exactly. Absolutely. And so, um, like you mentioned earlier, the, this past, um, football season the saints um their their dance cheer team is called sensations they picked a guy his name's jesse he's awesome and then the los angeles rams picked two guys um and so they were the first three in the nfl 
And before that, or right after that, there are um, NBA tryouts. And so, to my knowledge, I'm the first guy to ever make be a finalist for an NBA dance team. So I tried out for the New Orleans Pelicans, and I made it to the final round. And so I went all the way through finals week, um, went through the process, was the only guy, um, and ended up not making the team. And again, as a dancer, life was full of no's. So that was really, really hard to get that close because I could have been the first male dancer in the NBA. And I could have like totally made history, but that's okay because I'm going to try again. So, um, and then after that, the Washington Wizards picked like 10 guys. So I'm seeing this shift. I think it's going to be much slower in the NFL. I think the NFL is going to start with like one or two guys sporadically on teams here and there. But in the NBA, I think teams are going to start going fully co-ed because those dance styles are different as well too. So Mm -hmm. this year... Um, my plan is to um, try out for Sensations, which is coming up in about a month, the first weekend in April. Um, and we could probably put that in the show notes, too, for yeah. any dancers that are listening, especially those guys. I think what's so cool is that I looked at the Sensations website yesterday, and they changed all their verbiage. So instead of women, it says individuals. Ah. And at, on the audition main page, right at the top, is a picture of two Sensations, and one of them is Jesse, the guy on the team. So, so they're being smart about yeah. marketing it to everyone. And I think they want to, I think they recognize that having men on the team, you know, guys like me who want to try out, we don't want to take a woman's spot away. We just want to add to the team mm-hmm. and bring a different energy to the team that can only enhance that entertainment experience. Um, and so that's really exciting that I think, I think not just the New Orleans Saints and maybe the Pelicans, but I think other NBA and NFL teams are going to be open to having guys too, which is so, so, so exciting. So what are you doing to prepare for those tryouts in a month? A lot of back tucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think what they look for is they look for dancers who are energetic and professional. So on the physical side, I'm trying to stay physically fit. I'm trying to – a lot of people think it's about watching your weight. And I think um, – a lot of viewers and in this target audience of the pro dance world, a lot of people put pressure on those women and now men to have the perfect body. But when you're in it or when you're trying to be in one of these teams, you're not really thinking about your body. You're thinking about how you feel. Mm, that's so you true. know, I want to feel good at tryouts. I don't want to look good. I mean, I do want to look good, but I want to feel well, sometimes like... those things go hand in hand. Absolutely. But yeah. yeah. If you're like withering away because you've been starving yourself, that's not going to be a You're not going to feel good. No. <laughs> but if you are eating right and you're working out right and, and you're giving yourself the carbs and the energy that you need to thrive, then you're going to have a great tryout. You're so right. So I'm definitely in the gym consistently working on my stamina. Um, the dances can be really long and the tryout process is it moves and grooves, right? Like there's not really a, a moment of downtime because you're learning the choreo, you're perfecting it, then you're performing it for judges, then they cut people. Then you're learning all new choreo, doing it, they make another cut. Then you do all of that choreo together in a row, which could be four or five minutes, maybe six minutes of you dancing nonstop. Which, when you're adrenaline's pumping and you're trying to make a team, that's really dif- difficult. And then mentally, um, it, it's really intimidating so you know when I went to the prep classes for Pelicans the very first class I went to I I was walking up the stairs and I could hear all the girls laughing and it was really loud and I like turned around and then I actually ran into one of my friends and she was like oh my god are you here for prep class and I think if I wouldn't have ran right into her I probably would 
would have gone sit in my car and like thought harder about leaving just because you're going you know I think women are underrated in a lot of areas but pro dance is where that's their thing it's one of those careers where that is for women and so it is intimidating because I would never want female dancers to think that I'm trying to take something away from them I just want to add to it and be a part part of it. it yeah so not just preparing physically but mentally of saying now that there are guys on these teams, you're in the minority teams, in this situation. Yeah, exactly. One of the, you know, there are guys on these teams, so you don't need to be intimidated about being a male anymore. Last year during Pelicans finals week, that's all I was thinking was, oh my gosh, like, how am I going to mesh and fit on a team with all girls? And that's where all my energy went, and it wasn't going to my performance, to my dancing, and I think that showed. And you are already such a social person with so many friends and, like, a job that allows you the opportunity to, like, travel and talk to people and recruit people. I think, like, if that's where all your energy is going, then that's, like, nothing you need to be worried about. Like, you already have lots of friends that are females, and you already are so social and, like, normal in those situations. I don't think that you would ever have an issue with that, obviously. Yeah. But it's weird how our brain plays tricks on us. It does. It's such a, um, a mental game. Even for the ladies trying out, like, they... They're going up against all women and now a few men, so of course they're going to probably compare their bodies and their hair and their makeup and their outfit to all of the other women trying out. But at the end of the day, for any listeners who are going after being on one of these teams, the only person you're competing against is yourself. Mm -hmm. Because like, my goal is I'm not leaving that indoor facility without a spot on the team on Sensations. That is the goal. You have to show the judges how bad you want it, and if you can focus on doing your best at the tryout, then there's no excuse of why they wouldn't put you on the team. Mm-hmm. Um, so just preparing physically, mentally, and just going in there and saying, like, I want to be on this team, and I'm not leaving until you put me on it. <laughs> <laughs> so that I just remembered that's how I met you was because of the the Greek Life Step Show stuff. And I think you yes. were a judge, and I did not make the team. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's so, no, it's fine. I, it, I needed that, though, because I come from a small high school as well, where, mm-hmm. like, I everything kind of fell in my lap. Yeah, like, totally. I was like, prom queen, queen, and prom queen. And then it was yeah, same, not like I... easy to do stuff, but just stuff kept happening. Mm-hmm. Then I went to college and I was like, in this mentality of like, I'll make the team. I can do whatever. Yeah. And like, <laughs> LSU is a way bigger place and there's so many people just like you. And so anyways, worked out fine. But that's where I met you. And yeah. so lo- like looking back and, and you being a choreographer now for like newsies and mm-hmm. stuff, how has being a judge or choreographer um, helped you with trying out do you, like, know what the judges are looking for because you've been a judge before? Yeah, so one of my, like, big life goals would be make a pro dance team, do that for several years, and then maybe be an assistant coach or choreographer and then eventually be over, like, a game day experience of an NBA or an NFL team. Whenever I was an LSU cheerleader, I totally fell in love with coordination of the game day entertainment experience. Mm -hmm. So coordinating the band with the cheerleaders, with the mascot, with the pyrotechnics and the fireworks and making this really exciting show that is separate from the sports that are going on because I love sports too. Um, So that's the big goal. But being, you know, a judge or being a choreographer and, and casting shows at Theater Baton Rouge and I'm also the choreographer at Splash Nightclub here in Baton Rouge mm-hmm. for the for the cast of Seven Drag Queens, um, so we can plug that too. Yeah, because it's a really exciting show. Um, but being over all of those shows or kind of like having that creative direction or my hand in the creative direction has definitely shaped how I dance and how I perform in an audition. Because when you're casting something, 
you're going to have to see it from a, the bigger picture or a bird's eye view. You have to look at everything as a whole. So if I'm casting a show of drag queens, I want one of every kind, of every color, of every size, of every shape. If I'm casting a show that has specific characters, I want each person to fit that character. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm doing a, a show that it portrays certain types of ethnicities, I'm not going to miscast that with someone who does not fit that that role. You know, so it's helped me as a dancer because when I'm going into an audition, so for Sensations, I know that they're looking for someone who can dance on the 50-yard line and be entertaining to someone at the top seat in the stadium. And so I know that that's what I'm going to go in there and do. You know, your movements have to be big versus when I tried out for Pelicans, they wanted somebody who really had those sharp, intricate movements because their choreography is more intricate because it's a smaller arena. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, casting, I think, has given me um, a little bit of, like, not an upper hand, but it's given me a lot of good insight about what to do in an audition, for sure. Has that helped you process the rejections, too? Because as a caster or a judge, you know, like, sometimes it's not necessarily about just you. It was about, like, the whole team Absolutely. or whatever. Has that helped kind of soften the blow sometimes? It has. I think I am a person who has a lot of hope and a really big heart. So I always get in my head and take things to heart especially when you get a no um and I'll be honest when I got the no for Pelicans that like broke my heart because I was so close and I became really good friends with all of the finalists and at the end of the day more than being upset that I wasn't on the team I was more upset that I wasn't on the team with like my friend Livy who was a tiger girl when I was a cheerleader and Jenny and um Kelsey and all these really awesome girls that I met and had became friends with, I couldn't be on a team with them. So being on the casting side kind of has helped soften that blow. I mean, any no hurts right away, but then you start thinking about it. And I have pretty much watched the video probably a million times. I've watched it too because you posted it. And you looked good. Thanks. And I'm really proud of how I performed. And so now I can see that. But um, having that inside of casting kind of helps you like, internalize and box all of those emotions in, then you have to look at, okay, I just didn't fit with that team. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't about my talent, because if you watch the videos, I did well. I danced next to Jenny, who it's her seventh year on the team. And that was terrifying. And I'm so proud of how I danced next to her. The first day I got the no, I was angry, and I was crying and so heartbroken. And I was like, oh my God, I was awful. What did I do? But now I'm like, no, I did great. It was something that I'll probably never know that I didn't fit with the team. And so, yeah, to all the dancers out there and anyone, if you don't get a job or if you don't get an interview you were applying for or a spot on a dance team, let yourself be upset, let yourself feel the emotion, but then you have to say, okay, what am I going to do now to make the next opportunity happen? And my first thought after I wiped the tears, I said, I will do one thing every single day that will get me on state stations next year. And I genuinely have done that. Whether that day all I needed to do was a really intense workout, maybe I needed to go to an advanced hip-hop class, maybe I needed to do a stretching and flexibility class, maybe I needed to take a nap. But in my head, I was going to pick one thing every day that I told myself, this is going to get you closer to being on the team. And when you can compartmentalize things like that for an audition, that I think helps you get your mental space where it needs to be. Well, you sound like you're very good with self-discipline and you're like, you're obviously very motivated. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's 
inspiring to hear that like you didn't get like knocked off the horse and didn't get back on kind of thing because a lot of people something like that would break their heart and then they would never do it again yeah um and so to be able to compartmentalize it like you said and move forward each day is kind of a good lesson like you said any profession like Mm -hmm. i get a lot of rejections for photography all the time to shoot concerts that I was like expecting to go to or whatever and I don't find it for the day of Mm -hmm. um or you spend all your time on photos and the client doesn't like it or whatever and I think it's it's good advice for anyone absolutely and it it's important that it all goes back to doing what you want if it's what you really want you will make it happen and you have to make it happen because then you'll just be you'll be wanting that forever Mm -hmm. you'll be chasing it forever in your mind so yeah you just got to keep trying so the pelicans and the saints both have different dance teams with different styles like you said yeah is there a style or like would you prefer to be on nba versus nfl or are you kind of just like trying to do both in yeah. your lifetime or what yeah ideally I'd, I'd love to do both um last year i didn't try out for saints because i thought i fit pelicans more so overall nba teams are usually a bit more hip-hop and their right. choreo is a little bit more intricate and a little harsher and like grungy and edgy. And NFL de- teams are a little more jazzy and smooth and funky and sassy and strong. They're both great and they each do the other style at times. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would say there's a definite difference. Mm-hmm. There's also a definite difference in the type of dancer that will go for each team. Um, you know, not to toot my own horn, but beep beep. I feel like <laughs> I'm confident that I could be successful in either. Yeah. Um, I love, love, love hip hop, but I also love jazz and I love being strong and smooth and having that contrast in my movement. So um, if Saints happens this year, which, you know, I'm speaking into existence, hey judges, you're going to pick me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope. But I, if Saints happens first and I do that for X amount of years, I'd love to still go for the Pelicans or another NBA team out there. Um, Because I think with my, like, end goal, it would be great to have experience in both. But um, there's a definite difference. And I think that's important for – it's like applying for any job. You have to do your research to see if that job is right for you. Mm -hmm. So there's some some other teams out there looking at their style or maybe the city that it's in and the the state. Maybe I don't see myself living there, so I'm not going to try for that team. Or maybe they, um, you know, just maybe their style or maybe their energy. I don't feel drawn to that team. You know, there's another team, the Dallas Cowboys Rhythm and Blue. So they have the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, and then they have Rhythm and Blue. Rhythm and Blue is their hip-hop team, and it's it's the first co-ed hip-hop team ever in the NFL. Um, and so I've had my eye on them since about 2015, and so that's another option of a team. Their trials aren't until May. So, you know, let's say Sensations doesn't happen. We may be taking a trip to Dallas. So what would happen if you made that team? Do you have to move to Dallas? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And being on one of these teams as a male, that would be motivation to move. And I would, you know, find a kind of a quote-unquote yeah. day job. That would dictate, um, like, your, absolutely. your next step. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but I think, again, for my end goal... You know, to answer your question, I'd love to be on either an NBA or NFL team. I'd love to do both. And a lot of people like Kelsey Finisharo, she um, she was a sensation for, I think, four years. And then she tried out for Pelicans, and now she's been a Pel- Pels girl for probably three, four years. Um, and she's just such a dynamic dancer. 
And I think there are very few people that could do both unless you really put your energy towards that. And she did both. So it's possible. And I'd, I'd love to see myself do that. Is it possible to do both at the same time or no? No, because um, the seasons kind of almost overlap. overlap as far as like football season's happening and you're now practicing and learning all your choreo for basketball. Um, and some of the main differences, there are, I think, two preseason games and eight regular game season games for NFL. So that's 10 versus... 700. I literally, I don't even know how many for basketball. Literally, there's like 100 games. They're, literally. So sometimes those girls and guys now are dancing multiple times a week, like mm-hmm. three games a week. Plus, you know, when you're a pro dancer or a pro cheerleader for one of these teams in the NFL or NBA, you're also doing promos or appearances. Mm-hmm. So you're going out to the community. You're visiting sick children at the hospital. You are doing community service. So that's all part of it. Um, as well too so it's it's a big time commitment obviously I mean dance is not a profession where you're going to make a ton of money that's what I was about to ask like this is a job correct this is a job yeah it's more of like a part time job um, that you do full time <laughs> yeah but, sounds like everything I've absolutely. ever done absolutely <laughs> but what I think is so cool is that these dancers they're you know, a New Orleans sensation, but they're also an engineer or a teacher or they work full time during the day or, you know, they have jobs and lives outside of this, but they're also, you know, a staple in the New Orleans community or for whatever team they dance for. Yeah. So it's not something that like is a like a full time salary type thing. With benefits. No, 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 it's not. No. Yeah. So you're usually you're paid hourly okay. to be uh-huh, for a pro dance team. So you're paid for rehearsals, appearances, games. Um, some of the teams, I know you get paid more the more years that you are on the team, which is kind of cool. It's like 10 years. Exactly, stuff. yeah. So it kind of like gives you that seniority and that experience. The more that you have, the harder you work, the more you get back. Um, but I, I don't think I would say any of the people auditioning and any of the people on these teams are doing it for the money. I think they're doing it for the experience because they love sports. They love to perform. Um, which I can say for myself too. Yeah, it's you know, just kind of cool that you get paid to do it. Exactly, which, which like, is such a bonus. Yeah, right. Whenever you like make that realization that like you can do what you love for a living, like it's kind of cool. Absolutely. But then it's weird. You're like, wait, I don't feel like I should be getting paid for this because I like doing it. You and love it's like doing this it. weird conflict. It's like, isn't that the goal though? Yeah. To be able to do what you like and get and, paid, but then you yeah. feel guilty. And I feel like you probably reached that point too when you started out with like photography and this brand that you've built. Like, whenever I started dancing and whenever I started doing choreography, I would do a lot for free. And now I'm at a point where I'm, I am have so much going on that I can't I can't offer, like, my profession and my service for free anymore. Right. Um, and so it that's been hard because I want – and I also want to say yes. Because you still like yes. to do it. Yeah, I want to say yes to everything. Any – any outlet I can have to perform and be on a stage and entertain and put a smile on someone's face, I want to say yes to that. But physically, it's just not possible. Right. Mentally, it's not smart. And at this point, I'm making money from this, and it's it's become a profession, not just a hobby. But, yeah, so that's always tricky, too, is is when to say no and you have like once you have so much on your plate you can't just do it for free or just you yeah know, yeah that's something that I've really struggled with especially with like like friends and family and, and things that I really want to do but it's the whole like just bring your camera and I'm like wait does that mean like 
is hiring me exactly. or am I invited as a guest? And I'm not, if I'm invited as a guest, I'm at the point now where this is a job and I don't just take pictures for fun anymore, which I should. No, but yeah. just bringing my you camera times, makes me but... feel like I have to work yeah. because I'm not just going to half-ass it because Absolutely. my name's attached to it. Absolutely. And it's like I never want to like, I don't mean to like compare myself to someone like, Oh, that I'm not, but like, like mm-hmm. think about like Britney Spears or something. Like, yeah. if someone was like, "I'm having a birthday party," just come, on, just sing "Happy Birthday." At yeah. the mic. Like, no, you'd be like, "That's something that she does for she, a living." You yeah. pay her, <laughs> and like every now and then, like fun stuff happens, mm-hmm. and it's, like, oh, I'll take a picture with your phone, and then whatever, I'll edit this photo for you on yeah. your phone. But like, that's a hard slippery slope too, it where is. it's like, just bring your camera, yeah. or just you know. You know, like yeah. take a picture on my camera that I have laying around here. Absolutely. I'm like, now that means I'm working and I need to invoice you. <laughs> well, and one of my good friends, CJ, he is actually this really phenomenal and gorgeous drag queen. His Instagram is at Demand Chester. We can put that in the show notes. Okay. But he started out doing drag um, probably, you know, around three years ago, I think this weekend, he won Drag Search at Splash, which is where I choreograph. And, um, we had always had this running joke. He was like, oh, my God, if I make it, if I become a drag queen, I want you to be my backup dancer, my choreographer. And I was like, you got it. Because we took an acting class together in, like, 2015. So he became a drag queen, and I now choreograph for him, and I backup dance for him with our other friend, Tony. And we, like, he's some money that I would never be like, give me money to do this because we're, like, best friends. But he's, like, even started paying me now. And it feels so awkward when he sends me a, like, funny Venmo request, but... It's awesome to know that he's my best friend, but we can also work professionally, and he also recognizes that what I'm doing takes takes energy and effort and thought, and that's so cool um, to do. And it's it's also tricky because then these other professional drag queens want me to dance and choreograph for them, but know that CJ doesn't necessarily charge me, quote-unquote, that had air quotes on it, (laughs) for the listeners, and so they expect the the same of me, and I'm like, you know, I'm so sorry, I'm really busy, so that's, it's kind of tricky, but I also have to recognize that I give genuine energy and effort, just like you do into your photos and into your editing. That is your product. That's the product, and you want to put your stamp of approval on it and you want the customer to appreciate it and right. love it. And, and you want it to be good because when yeah. your name's attached to it, you don't want it to be like something that you did or made, in my case, that like you were tired and you're not proud of it and you edited it too quickly. Absolutely. Or whatever. You want it to be like like the brand is like you have to uphold the brand. Absolutely. <laughs> like it's like, I'm not going to give you something that I don't think is good yeah. that like I did in five seconds that is crappy yeah. just because I didn't have time. I'm just going to probably say no to it from the get go. Yeah. And that's such great advice. I think that you would give people too. like just speaking about the do what you want brand. I think when you are building a brand or when you're becoming or trying to be a professional dancer or maybe you're trying to be a professional photographer or whatever it is. In this world, you almost, you do have to build a brand, and it has to be genuine, and it has to be completed. So, like, for me as a dancer, I was like, oh, my my followers, it's really growing on Instagram and on Twitter. And I say that I'm a dancer, but my content doesn't say that. I say that I'm really into fitness, but my content doesn't say that. So instead of posting, like, selfies or pictures with friends and stuff, I started posting videos of me dancing or videos of things that I've choreographed and I started posting videos of me at the gym or I started you know posting videos like going live with CJ when he's getting into drag and that type of thing because that's really interesting and different and a part of my brand when it's how you can potentially get hired or absolutely become known. and that was exactly what I was going to say is I've gotten booked for so many things from my Instagram from Twitter you know, I was posting on Instagram and um, Josh at Gym Fit here in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. he reached out to me a few times over Facebook 
and was like, I want you to come and teach adult hip-hop. And so Baton Rouge, I think, needed something that wasn't Zumba, but also wasn't, like, competition dance. I literally had been looking for that, and I need to come take your class you because I tagged my friend Charlie in yes, that, too, because yes. we had this conversation a couple of years ago. Like, yeah. I grew up dancing. Mm-hmm. I did cheerleading in high school. And, Absolutely. And um, I did competitive cheer in middle school, and, like, I've lost all touch to anything because yeah. I haven't done anything but mm-hmm. I don't like working out and but I like being physical like exactly. I was and I was like on dance, yeah I was on cheerleading and tennis a... and track and marching yeah. and so I was so active in high school and then I went to college and gained a thousand pounds and like oh started having back problems Same. and and it's like I want to be active I have the muscle memory I have like the energy I'm not lazy but mm-hmm. I just don't get anything out of going to the gym and lifting weights like five times like, exactly I, my attention span's not there that's why I really like going to Orange Theory because it's like kind of like this structured thing where mm-hmm. they tell me this is what we're doing the whole they time they just kind of guide you through it I would love to go to a dance class and a couple of years ago we were looking around and there just wasn't anything I was going to LA Fitness at the time and there was a yeah. Zumba class that was included in my membership yeah. and that was fun that was hard there's like 90 year old like Spanish ladies who yes. were killing it and killing I'm like it. dead and you're like sweating and oh my god my Fitbit said I did like 40,000 steps like in one class or something yeah. I'm like this is like death but it, it wasn't like fun for me because yeah. I was too hard yeah. and I just miss like dancing and you burn so many calories dancing. exactly if I go out and I like dance like my Fitbit the next day just it's like, like is off. and I'm like I would love to just go dance to Boozy somewhere for like Absolutely. an hour yeah. sweat a little bit have Absolutely. fun and so we were looking around and there really weren't that many options there was like a stripper pole class somewhere and I was like mm-hmm. that's too difficult and dangerous for my back problems Absolutely. but I just started seeing you post all your hip hop yeah. stuff and I'm like that is the answer I need to go yeah so Josh like message me and I was like okay what kind of class could I do and adults you know there are so many wonderful dance studios out there but a lot of them it's like you'll go and take hip hop again with air quotes but it's with these like awesome 13 year old competitive dancers who are like you just messed up on the choreo get out you know like (laughs) they're preparing for their competitions which I absolutely am a fan of Um, or it's the Zumba classes that for some people that can be really difficult or just not the vibe you're going for my class at Gym Fit is um, a little bit, it's way more relaxed, first of all. We learn one song each class. So I teach on Tuesdays at 7 and Thursdays at 6 um, at Gym Fit. And it it's different styles of hip-hop. So it could be like a really strong like street style of hip-hop. Or it could be smooth, like what we call jazz funk. Which is a little bit more sassy and edgy, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, or we could do like a 90s hip-hop. You know, like we did Finesse with Cardi B and Bruno Mars. And today I'm actually teaching a class at six and we're doing Juice by Lizzo, Mm. which is like really hot right now. Um, And that's more of like not a comedic style of hip hop, but it's kind of a mixture of different styles of hip hop. Yeah. and, And I really encourage people to like put their personality into it. So it's those adults who some of them have a ton of dance experience. Some of them have none, but they don't want to go to Zumba. So they come with me, and they can learn choreo, so it's challenging for your mind, it helps your focus, but then you also get a really great workout, and you feel sexy, you feel strong, you feel like you're accomplishing something, because by the end of it, people are like, I'm not a dancer, but then the class ends, and they're like, I cannot believe I just learned that choreo and did it. Wait, were you one of those kids that had Darren's Dance Grooves on VHS? Oh my god, no, but I know what that is. I had that. I bought it at Limited 2 with a gift card that I got for my birthday. <laughs> I have so many memories of me learning, like, the in-seek, like, pop Wait, and no, lock. I did have this. I and had, like, Britney Spears It had Bye 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 oh, on yeah. it. It had some other random, but there was, like, whatever his face, I don't remember his name, but his whole thing was pop and locking, and I'd be, like, third grade, like, pop, pop, like, and then, like <laughs> in my, like, Limited 2 bedroom with, like, my beanbag chair. Oh my god. Oh my god. god. But I just miss... 
the like the mental people don't realize that dance like you have to memorize and oh the God, marching band the same yeah. thing. I miss having like a challenge of like okay I have to remember where I was and like formations Absolutely. and like how many steps did it take to get here yes. and then you stop and you can't yeah. move because it's all part of the yeah. overall dance and like there's so much mental. Not exhaust. It is exhaustion, but it like is. there's just like mental challenges that Absolutely. come with dancing that you really have to like it be makes you mindful. Sharp in every area, yeah, and you have to like have your like complete awareness of yourself and how you're hitting your moves in relation to everyone next to you. And I just miss that like teamwork aspect, but it's also just like that personal mental Absolutely. like challenge that you have. Um, and like the whole like the teamwork of like you missed the step like you mm-hmm. let the whole team down like now yeah. you're gonna get five points knocked off your your cheer yeah. competition because yeah. you stepped outside the lines mm-hmm. and you tumbled or whatever yeah. and I miss all of that and so much of what I do is dependent on like just me and my house or Absolutely. just me with my camera yeah. and dancing was a really fun way to kind of like be social without having to be Absolutely. social at the same time yeah. I always you know even when I was really big in a soccer and really big in a track and because I put a lot of effort into that and even band and like when I was in college and even with LSU Cheer, like, that was my favorite thing was the team aspect of it. Like, I love a good dance solo. And you put me by myself, put a light on me on stage. And you will thrive. And I will set that stage on fire, <laughs> right? But there's something about being on a team and making eye contact while you're performing with your teammates and, like, yelling on the field. Yeah, and stunting. Like, Let's go. That is the epitome of, yeah. like, teamwork because you could drop someone on their head. Oh, my head. God, absolutely. <laughs> and... In cheerleading, my my stunt partner my senior year was Kelly Hack, and we were, like, best friends. And, like, the bond that we have now, not just because we were best friends, but because I, like, held her above my head for so many hours of our life, (laughs) of our lives, we, you know, that's something that we'll have forever. And so I think, yeah, being in a dance class, some of the people in my class, are they come consistently every single week. And now we, there's so many people that have been coming, now we extended it to two days a week, which is, I'm so excited about and thankful for. Um, those people have been coming back and I film us. So I film the full class, then I'll like do three or four groups and we'll film smaller groups and then I like airdrop it to anyone who wants it. I post it on my social media. And the point of doing that is not for anyone else to see it, but those people. So the homework, I guess, it's not actual homework, but I'm like, go home and watch yourself because y'all are all getting so much better. There's this one guy who he comes, um, his name's Roman, he comes every week, and he, jokingly, he was like, I feel like I'm getting better every week, and I was like, dude, you are killing it. His first class, he was, like, really stiff, I could tell he was nervous, but now he's, like, right there with me, hanging with it, and I'm like, you didn't even realize that you had this ability in you, and now you have a whole nother skill under your belt. I mean, you keep going, and you can call yourself a hip-hop dancer, so... It's, it's such a cool structure of the class that we have. Well, so something, like, I, because I, I grew up dancing and stuff, but I haven't done anything in so long. And, yeah. like, I, even just in that Zumba class, was, like, so self-conscious in the mirror and nervous. Yeah. And I used to not be that way. I was, like, cheer captain. I was, like, yeah. fine. But now I, like, am afraid to, like, trip or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I remember once in middle school, I, like, did a whole routine with, like, a tissue up my nose because I had a bloody nose. And I was, like, doing back handsprings with, like, with blood coming out my nose. I had no, like, no, I was no, yeah, no embarrassment. Nothing. Now I'm, like, so afraid of what everyone thinks, whatever. So what would you say for advice for people who want to come to the class who might be nervous yeah. about if they're not, like, a good dancer or they're not experienced? Absolutely. My first piece of advice, and this, again, goes for anything, you'll never know unless you try. So I feel like once you get into the the studio and you see how I teach, and once you make it through the little two-minute warm-up that we do, you're going to be like, I got this. I really, really strive to make everybody in the room feel comfortable. I crack a lot of jokes. We all joke with each other. I make the class move around. So one of my pet peeves 
that I really don't want any dancer to develop this is you stand in the same spot of every dance studio mm-hmm. that you go to. Like, you have those guys and girls who are right front and center. Then you have the ones that are in the back, back, back corner. And you have the ones who thrive in the middle. My challenge is, in my class and any audition, any class, anywhere you go, move around the dance studio. Because then you won't have a complex of only being able to learn choreography in that one spot. Right? So... I make, I, you know... Do you make the rows, like, shift? Absolutely, the, I make I the rows shift. I'm like, if you're in the front, go to the back. If you're in the back, go to <laughs> the front. I forgot that was a thing. Left, if you're in the middle, find a new spot. If you're on the left, go to the right. So, um, you really get to interact with everybody in the class. And I think something we need to remind ourselves as humans is, like, what we feel, everyone else is feeling, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I get butterflies in my stomach every class before I teach. I get nervous, and I'm like, oh, my God, what's the choreo? And then I'm like, wait... I'm a dance teacher. I'm fine, you know? So it's it's taking that first step. So if you're listening and you're terrified to come to my class or any class, just go, and it, it will always be better than you think it will. Mm-hmm. And in the dance community, pretty much every dancer knows the struggle of, like, their first dance class and how hard it is to get into or how difficult it can be to just let your body move. So no one is going to judge you, especially not in my class at Gym Fit. It's the least judgmental people you could imagine. Well, and it's more so like a fitness and yeah. dance class, but people it's are a, going there for the mindset of like burning exactly, calories. So it's yeah. not like you're trying to make the NFL team. <laughs> no, exactly. And I, I have some some ladies who have started coming that are like, hey, I see you trying out for St. Asians. I'm taking your class because I want to get better with choreo. I want to try out for the team too. Which is, like, so inspiring that they're coming to have that same goal. And they're in there to get better at dance, not necessarily for a workout, but then I choreographed for the Shenandoah Elementary teachers. I did their little talent show choreography. Um, We did a thriller dance. It was so cute. But um, one of the teachers, she is coming just purely for fitness. She's never really danced a day in her life. But um, she's had some problems with her knees and stuff, and she said that dancing, when I taught Thriller, she woke up feeling, like, with a spring in her step. Like, she felt better than ever. Well, it's a way to move. That's why I think I should probably go, because of some of the issues I have, my health stuff. But because it's a way to go and to burn calories, but you're moving around, but it's not like you have to bench press 600 pounds. It's not like this, like, you have to do 18 crunches. It's like, this is a fluid way of I give options. So there are moments in in every dance where I'm like, if you're a trained dancer and you want to take it a step further, then then do this and make this a two-count move. And I'm like, if you are not getting it, don't do the arms and focus on the feet because I want... I want you going in the same direction. I'm not worried about what your upper body's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's that's a part of it, too, is I always give people options. So if you're thinking about coming and you have no dance experience, there's never a moment where I'm going to, like, shame you for not getting the choreo. Like, you didn't do the handstand. Yeah. Like, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do a back tuck. You can't take back tuck. <laughs> Standing back tuck is the minimum right? requirement. No, totally. Like, we... There are a ton of people who come that have no experience, and at the end of the day, I'm like, if you mess up, just dance. Like, no, no one is watching you. Everyone's concerned with their body in the mirror. And I think that's something that we, we struggle with as humans. I, my friends, you know, a lot of people will come to me for fitness advice. And there are a lot of people who are scared to go to the gym. And I'm always like, it may feel like people are staring at you and judging you. But I promise you, everyone at the gym and in a dance studio is worried about themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're stressing about other people looking at them as much as you're stressing about them looking at you. So that's I think true. I think that's a a good piece of advice to remember is like everybody is worried about their own body and journey, so just go with it. So, what is next for you in terms of like if you make the 
18, mm-hmm. the team, 18, same patients, mm-hmm. whatever. Are you going to, is that going to affect your, your day job stuff? Or is that something that you're going to have to like deal with? Or Yeah, totally. So New Orleans, I think, is ideal because there's two great teams in New Orleans. I love the city of New Orleans. I love the culture. I love the energy, the food, the people. Um, I think New Orleans is a really open, progressive city, and it's only becoming more progressive, which is great. So I would totally be open to moving. And I've kind of talked, like, with my coworkers at LSU. They kind of all know. I was going to say, I don't want you to, like, no, <laughs> announce anything on oh the podcast. Oh, my gosh, no. I, so for Pelicans... I told no one that I was trying out except my, like, inner circle. And then it kind of blew up when I made it to finals. And a lot of, you know, like, news people were reaching out to me. And I was like, I'm not doing an interview. I'm so scared. What if I don't make it? I'll be so embarrassed. And, again, it became about me being a guy trying out instead of Dylan trying out. Mm-hmm. So I'm being – I'm glad you asked. I'm being a lot more, I guess, quote-unquote public about trying out for sensations um, because I think – I owe that to people who now follow me and are watching it, and the, the young guys well, and girls. Well, because they might want to do the same thing. Exactly. And so, um, yes, it'll still sting and be, in, in, you know, embarrassing and that negative stuff if I don't make it. But I want to be more vocal. So I guess my plan would be um, New Orleans is great. It's right there. I can mm-hmm. keep my job at LSU until we find the right person to replace me, or I can potentially stay in my job at LSU. And just commute. And just commute. Um and so it's kind of up in the air right now, but I think that is what makes me so excited about it because I don't necessarily want to leave my job at LSU just yet. But if I, you know, let's say I start commuting and then I'm like, this is too much driving, I can always start the process of moving on and finding something in New Orleans. But um, I think it's so exciting to have like a whole new start to something happening and possibly move to New Orleans and get a new job. And um, I think we're in our 20s. And that's really scary for a lot of people because when you graduate from college or when you get into this area of life where you don't have the structure of school, you know, in college you're independent, but everything's structured. You have you're your class. You're independent within boundaries. Yeah, you have boundaries. You have your classes, your internships, your student job. But then you graduate and you get out into the real world and then you're like, oh, not only do I have to pay bills and fend for myself, I also have to like make all these other choices about what I'm going to do. But I think instead of being scared, we should be optimistic and like excited about that so there was a time where I was like terrified of everything when I got into my adult life but now I'm kind of just like doing what I want you know Mm -hmm. which goes back to why we're doing this podcast it's like once you realize that you won't be fully happy unless you do exactly what it is that you want to do and give no excuses for it and no explanation for it then that's a moment that you can kind of like and that's where I'm at right now I'm like trying out and I will make sensations I'm like gunning <laughs> you're for putting it, so. it into the universe yeah, by saying I'm, it right here yeah I'm going for it so hard and yes I will have to eat my words if I don't make it and yeah, I'm gonna be I like delete the podcast I'm I don't think kidding. there's anything embarrassing about thinking positively and Absolutely. saying something's gonna happen because if you worry too much on like what if what if what if and if it doesn't you it's good to be prepared in the back Absolutely. of your mind but if you worry too much about that then that's how it's gonna go Absolutely, it's like you have to manifest it and yeah. put it out there and say that it's gonna happen Yeah. Um. and I think 9 times out of 10 it does just because exactly. you were so determined but if you focus all your energy on like what if it doesn't happen exactly. or if I don't make it or if I don't no, and, then it doesn't and happen that goes back to Pelicans I'm a big believer in prepare for the best or like hope for the best prepare for the worst for Pelicans again all my energy was on oh my god I'm a boy I'm trying out I'm a, I'm a male I'm a male Like, this is, what are the judges going to think? And so, like, somebody on the outside would probably not see that in my dancing, but I could see it in my dancing. Like, I could have done way 
bigger and better and more energy. I could have given it a little bit more, a lot more. So this time I'm hoping for the best, preparing for the worst. I'm not thinking about being a, a dude anymore. I'm just going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's a good lesson to kind of like move forward. And, and for anybody doing what they want to do, you can't compartmentalize too much, but you have to be strategic about how you're thinking about that goal and how you're getting to it. Yeah, because I think we, we know ourselves pretty well, even if we don't want to admit it. And like you have to put yourself in the situations to thrive mentally by like preparing yourself to do that. Absolutely. I don't know if that made sense. That was kind of vague, but no, I know for me, like I'm a workaholic. And so if it's like 5 PM and I get my computer out, I will not get off until midnight. Mm-hmm. And so I have to know, like, I can't do that yeah. as much as I want to be productive. Like I have to like do this in the morning or whatever. Absolutely. And so it's like just knowing yourself and being self-aware Absolutely. is how you can thrive. And like, I just think that probably is even amplified when you're a dancer because oh it's like gosh, you have yeah. to know your limits and you have to, and when you're a dancer, like, at this point, you know, I'll work full-time during the day, and then I'll go to the gym, and then I have I have to go to Splash to choreograph for the Bombshell show, or I have to go work on choreography for my two hip-hop classes, or I have to go work on Newsies choreography, because we've already had auditions, and that starts beginning of, you know, second weekend of April. Um, and then I also am performing in shows here and there, and I'm performing at the House of Blues in New Orleans, and I'm doing all these different things of my own, and so... I have to, I have, you have to be really strategic and you have to be a good planner. And, you know, I have a planner on my phone and I have a planner that I write in and all of my work at LSU goes in there, my LSU events for manship, and then all of my dance stuff goes in there. My time at the gym goes in there. And sometimes I have to say, no, I can't come take your dance class to another friend that's teaching another dance class because I'm exhausted and my back hurts or my neck hurts. Right. Yeah, because you like it goes back to being self aware. Like you have Absolutely. to know, like what you can and can't do in a day. Cause it's just you. Yeah. It's only twenty four hours, and your product is you. Absolutely, um, and it's the same. Like we, I kind of we kind of talked about this, but um, knowing when to say no and stuff. But like if your product is like a hat, whatever yeah. I'm wearing a hat. Like yeah. you can only give away so many hats for free before you realize like I'm paying for this up front. Yes. Every now and then it's fine, but people don't think of like creatives and and personal businesses like mm-hmm. that because our product is ourselves and exactly. so they think it's infinitely and in some ways it can be because exactly. it's just time we're giving and yes. energy and sometimes that makes it easier to donate or to do for mm-hmm. free or or whatever because there's no like physical product tied to it so people don't think about it that way but it's it's almost even worse because it's like yeah it's all me so if i can't fill up my cup to pour from it then like there literally is nothing i can do exactly so you have to like be strategic about like where you are yeah and how much time you're spending on it and wh- what you're being compensated for because exactly. otherwise you will like literally just blow up yeah and if there's anybody listening that your product is not a hat or something physical if your product is dance or if it's, I guess photography is physical because you're giving someone a photo. Right, but it's with your but time to, it's to a, make it. Yeah, if it's your time is being used to create something, you have to learn how to say no to some things and you have to learn how to um, be strategic with what you're doing and what you're not doing. So, you know, like there's some big projects like if somebody who has a lot of clout and a big following asks me to do something and they don't necessarily want to pay me but they in return want to if it's another dance teacher and they're like I need you to perform with me in this show and you can take free dance class at my studio that's that they're not paying me but, but that's in a, a way strategic, they're giving me yeah. yeah they're giving me those classes and that's going to make me better as a dancer which is my product and therefore I'm making a profit in my right. eyes but if someone asks me hey can you do this for free and I'm like okay 
can we trade something off? And they're like, no, I just, you know, can't afford to pay you or they don't want to give me anything in return, then I, you have to learn how to say no to that. It's hard. Right. And there's certain amounts of that you can do per year and it's like considered like a yeah. charitable donation. And it's like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry, I've already donated this many times, so yeah. I am not currently taking on any Absolutely. more charitable donations. Um, and that can be hard too because you, you're like, Absolutely. oh, it's for like charity or oh, it's for a friend and I feel bad or whatever, but there's only so many times you can do that per year. You can't Absolutely. say yes to all of it. Um, I think that's a really great point. Um, yeah. It can be hard to structure that for yourself. And I think also when you're when you're building a brand and you're deciding like your voice as a performer or as a professional a great idea is to get involved in the community too like um there's a really cool dance studio i teach kids hip-hop as well too talking about everything i'm doing i'm like wow i'm tired yeah no you <laughs> but, need to do wait time out before you say that there's this note card challenge thing i haven't done it yet i've talked about it a million times mm-hmm. eventually i'll do it but you write everything that you do yeah in your business on a note card and then you yeah. lay them out like the marie kondo thing yes. and then you have to purge because you're like this is too much <gasps> oh my god i bought a pack of note cards like a month ago i still have yet to do you it because i'm terrified it. to see Everything I'm I do, scared. but you need to do it because everything you're it. talking about is, is like a note card that maybe. Yeah. Yes. So continue. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. I love that idea. Um, again, that helps you strategize and compartmentalize. Um, mm-hmm. But for the love of dance studios, it's this nonprofit dance studio. Um, so instead of being based around competitive dance, which again is great, it's more competitive around movement, beginner movement, body awareness, um, um, self-confidence and so I teach a kids hip-hop class at the studio but the owner uh, is Shamira Cummings she um, does a lot of community outreach and involvement with her dance so it pairs outreach and awareness for a different cause with dance so in one of her early years of her uh, for the love of dance we did a performance with um a cancer survivor mm-hmm. and she has now lost her battle to cancer but she was such a strong woman and we got to do a dance um that was centered around her life and around her battle with cancer and so it was set to music it was set we had choreography and everything had a meaning and we ended the dance basically with kind of a reveal of her and she ended she ended up being in the choreography with us and so that was something that I wasn't paid for it but that was almost more rewarding Mm -hmm. than getting a huge paycheck for this awesome dance project or being in a music video or dancing at House of Blues. That was, like, just her saying thank you to us for being a part of telling her story was, like, payment. Right. So, like, if you're out there building a brand or if you're, like, how do I get involved or how do I network, that is always a great place to go is out in the community. And that's something that I will always do for free. Yeah, payment you know? isn't always dollars. Yeah, totally. Um, and most times it is because that's how the world works and that's how we have to pay rent and do stuff. And Absolutely. so if you want to offer me something in trade that is not of value to me, like it might be of value to someone else, but mm-hmm. not for my situation, then no, I'm going to say like I need the, the money because I exactly. need to pay. But it, like you said, if it's like a dance class, if it's a reward, rewarding experience, if it's an opportunity that's going to like go really look really good on your portfolio your resume yeah. to get you another, another thing job. like if it's a stepping stone yeah. that's not like a waste of time yeah. um you can only do so many of those before you realize mm-hmm. like okay i have like 90 stepping stones and zero dollars exactly. but um but i think people get so caught up in like the the money and and that's definitely important and it's hard it's a hard battle but like it's just like anything else like yeah. big companies like you, i was at the a party last night and they're giving out free absolute vodka mm-hmm. drinks or whatever and it's yeah. like that's like so it's free, but Absolute's doing that for a reason because their reward is everyone getting to enjoy their product. Exactly. And 
now they'll go buy it. So exactly. and sometimes say, and those people will leave and say, I love right. the absolute that I had. That's my now my vodka of choice. So it's not always wasted. You can't do everything for free, but there are things that are strategic, like you say, or um, it's a marketing opportunity, or like mm-hmm. you said, it's networking. Like it might be something you like. I might go speak at something for free, but five hundred people get to listen to what I have to say, exactly. and they might go hire me. So exactly. And so you never know where opportunities are going to go, um, and so you can't go into everything like wondering about how much you're going to get paid. Cause exactly. It, yeah. After a while, when you've established yourself, that's important. But there are still opportunities that will pay you in other ways. Absolutely. And a lot of opportunities have that great return on investment. And, again, it's not money, but it's going to help you get further. Mm-hmm. And it's going to better your product. And it's going to better you as a professional. That's so true. Totally. So where can everyone keep up with you and follow your dance stuff, hire you, all yeah. that good stuff? So on Facebook, I have a like fitness and dance page. I post some really cool workouts, motivation, a lot of dance. Um, and that is Dylan, D-Y-L-O-N, Huff Power, H-O-F-F-P-A-U-I-R, fitness and dance. Okay. And then Instagram is probably where I post the most of fitness, dance, content, and a lot about my personal life, too. That's Dylan Joel, D-Y-L-O-N-J-O-E-L. Okay. Um, and then that same handle on Twitter as well, too. Okay. I'm yeah. going to link all of those. I'll link about the classes you teach. I'll link about Newsies. Yeah. I'll link about the drag stuff, you said? Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, so if you check the show notes, I will have... All that information, I just need to go find it. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go find it all. But thank you so much for coming on the show, Dylan. Thank you for having me. This is awesome. It's been great. Hey, y'all, just popping in to give a big thanks to you for listening to this episode of Do What You Want Radio. As always, if you are enjoying what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and follow if you're on Spotify. Show notes for this episode and more can be found at dowhatyouwantradio.com. I am super active on my Instagram account at Jordan Heffler if you're interested in keeping up with me there. And I also have a weekly email newsletter that you can subscribe to at jordanheffler.com slash subscribe. Every Thursday, I send out a tip of the week along with promotional information about my Do What You Want workshop series, online e-courses that help you learn to create authentically branded content that leverage growth on your social media platforms all by yourself. I also have Lightroom presets, merchandise, and just general information about my life and photography business in these email newsletters. Y'all are so awesome for listening. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep doing what you want. (laughs) Did that sound too fake?